The road to recovery. You might be cruising down it. A friend or family member lost on it. Or the road is, well, still under construction. Relevant Recovery Radio is about getting to that destination of normal health, mind, or strength. Now, Relevant Recovery Radio, here to give you the keys, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Relevant Recovery Radio. We're your hosts, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Say hi. Hello, hi. Uh, This show is sponsored by the Matthews Hope Foundation. We have an amazing detox and two-year aftercare recovery program. If you would like any information about our program, please give us a call at 844-263-4673 or visit this short URL because I won. (laughs) (laughs) www.mhdrp.org. mhdrp.org. Mahurbadabu. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a beautiful new website, all uh, new sh- accurate information about our detox and recovery program on the beautiful new website. Yeah, much shorter than the last one. Yeah. Well, it feeds in. They feed in. But I, I needed a short one because it was yeah. really long to say. And yeah. uh, we got it. It's live. So oh, visit great. our website. Not right now because we want you to listen to us right now. But later, go to mhdrp.org. Check it out. And we, uh, we appreciate you listening. You're listening in Houston on Sundays at 1 p.m. on KPRC 950 or on the KPRC 950 channel on the iHeartRadio app at 1 o'clock mm-hmm. Central Time. Or, or on Sundays after the show, they upload us to a podcast. You can listen to our current show, old shows. I, I don't know why you don't have anything better to do with your life, but <laughs> evidently. Hey, I think we're interesting. Well, we do. <laughs> Whether or not they do, that's we're, a whole we're different... We're on three, we're triple platformed. That's right. We're coming in fresh. We're coming in off a four-day off-grid fishing trip. No Wi-Fi, no cable TV, no cell phone signal. You would get like blurps of cell where you... Blurps would, of text messages but you weren't really getting. Through. you weren't getting any Facebook. And so at one point we were sitting there <laughs> chilling and I'm completely relaxed. I'm like, anxious. And I was like, "Are you? how are you feeling? You're like... <laughs> anxious i'm like you can't get to facebook because i you? kept i kept opening it and it was the same crap from three days ago it wouldn't load anything new it's been the same crap for 15 years <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing new so i just kept picking it up and i'm like nope and so finally i just plugged it in in our bedroom and left it there so basically you went through a four-day facebook detox yeah and we got to go fishing again which yep. we love fishing i caught all the fish. No, I'm kidding. I caught one, but it was still a great time. Yeah, it was a good time. Uh, we do recommend that if you go fishing, have a friend with a boat. <laughs> Shout out yeah. to our great friends, Alicia and Brian, for taking us on yeah, one Brian trip. was an amazing guide. Like, he had so much patience, and he really was, I felt like, just wanting us to have a good time fishing. He did, and he wanted to teach us. He showed us different ways to tie the lures on, different bait to use, different ways to tie the hook on, different yeah. where, where you put the weight on it. it. He was just very patient and and teaching us. It was very good. But it was hot. It was. Lord. Which is why the boat was great, because I just jumped in. Yeah, you did. Uh, It was hot. So here in Texas, we are having the hottest summer. Like, hell has actually risen to the surface. (laughs) And we live in it, in Houston, Texas. Normally, we're not hitting upper 90s and 100s until late July, early August. We've been hitting 90s. 
since what mid-may yeah i don't know i don't i'm not old like you so i don't pay attention to the weather quite like that oh but i do notice it's pretty hot and i love air conditioning (laughs) i used to be homeless so so. shout out to air conditioning (laughs) shout out to air conditioning do a whole show on whoever invented air conditioning (laughs) so what are we going to talk about today so today's topic is i'm actually really excited i think this is going to be an an info packed topic yeah. Uh, we're gonna talk about sneaky relapses. Sneaky, sneaky relapse. This is sneaky relapse. So okay. a lot of people might intentionally well, okay. what's relapse. A, what's a relapse? A relapse is when you return to use. So <laughs> you have been sober for a period of time. Is this through twelve steps or not? Or not? Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna be real pigeonholed with this message today about sneaky relapses. We're gonna be real specific. Pacific, yes. No specific <laughs> around sneaky relapses for chronic alcoholics and drug addicts. So what let makes me, me chronic? Well, we'll get to that in just a second. Glad okay. you asked. Okay, good. So we're gonna talk about relapses. Um, people that want to like soft sell it might call it a slip, but it's a relapse. <laughs> you drank again. You did drugs again. Um, but I'm calling them sneaky because some people will think a relapse is intentional by like a choice. Like I chose, screw it, I'm going to go drink tonight, I'm relapsing. Yeah. And that's not how most of them happen. They always say that alcoholics slide off the top, not but, off the bottom. Because what mm-hmm. happens is when you're in a 12-step fellowship, you're in a program and things get bad, t- people will typically like double down. More meetings, more whatever they're going to yes, do. But it's when, when people think they're doing good, that they, yeah. they relax on spiritual disciplines and then they relapse but i'm calling these sneaky relapses because these are relapses that that person didn't see coming so real quick so we know a relapse is is that when i drink or use again after i've had a period of sobriety returning to use Mm -hmm. okay what makes me chronic so chronic this is that we're tailing our information today tailoring tailoring to a chronic last week i couldn't talk and this week you're having trouble i don't realize i'm messing up my words you said pacific (laughs) on purpose to make fun of you anyways chronic (laughs) is a specific type of drug addict or alcoholic that they have lost the choice in drink or drug and they lost control over the amount when they drink. We call these two symptoms the allergy and the mental obsession. And what we mean by allergy is that me as an alcoholic, so I've got a brother who can drink if he wants, and if he goes and has a drink, he can choose to have a half, a whole one, two, three. It doesn't matter. He stops when he wants. But a chronic alcoholic can't do that 100% of the time. When you put it in your body, it triggers the physical allergy, which is the phenomenon of craving. And this person needs the second drink more than the first and the phenomenon builds. And this person needs the third more than the second. And basically what happens is my brain shuts off. My body takes over. This allergy takes over. And the allergic reaction is that I want more The allergic reaction, the abnormal reaction is to crave more. This is why the bottle of pills that for 30 days lasts you 12, this is why the eight ball doesn't last you all weekend. This is why the That's six, why you need four of them. This is why the six pack doesn't last the whole weekend that you said it would. Wait, who drinks a six pack? I don't know. I'm just giving examples. Everybody drinks different. Okay. And, but what I'm saying got- is this is someone who cannot control the amount 100% of the time. Once you put it in your body, all bets are off. You don't know with 100% accuracy how much you're going to use. Okay. Or drink. So if what makes me chronic is this allergy coupled with the obsession, the obsession is that if I only had the allergy, mm-hmm. That means that if I just put it down, I'm good. Right. Right. I just don't drink. Everything's great. But if you're chronic, you can't. Why? Because I have this idea that I can control and enjoy it. There is always this idea that I can have a drink, that I can do it, and I can't. And I always go back to it. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to keep talking about sneaky relapses. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
Welcome back. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio with Heather and Donnie Mosier. We're talking about sneaky relapses. Yeah. These are relapses where the person didn't set out necessarily to relapse. They accidentally relapsed per se. And so we're talking- And we've seen them in all forms. All forms. And so we're going to talk about some of those forms and how this occurs uh, because we would like to bring the public to a greater realization, particularly chronic alcoholics and addicts and the loved ones or family members of them so they can understand what's going on. Yeah. If you're chronic- you don't have the power of choice in drink or drug. You've lost that at some point. Which means I can't choose to have a beer. You can't choose. In fact, your brain will trick you to think you're, you're going to think you can have a beer. Right. But it, the allergy gets set off I don't from have that a one choice. beer. I may just want to do one long rail of cocaine, but it right. just never, <laughs> never works ends. out that but way. My point is, is people will argue about whether or not addiction is a choice. If you are just chemical dependent or just acute addiction or alcoholic you do have a choice in drink or drug yeah but chronic is the it's an illness the chronic variety is the powerless hopeless type that have lost the choice and the control i can't tell you how many times in my drinking career that i gotten some consequences or i was just tired just had enough and i wanted to stop and if you would have put me on a lie detector test in that moment and said, hey, do you want to drink again? And I said, no, mm-hmm. I was I was being honest with every fiber of my being. True. The problem is I had an illness and I didn't have you a didn't choice. You didn't know you didn't have a choice. That's correct. And so your mind will play tricks on you. And that's what this topic is about, the different tricks that your mind will play on you. Because my brain is always looking for a backdoor. You have a, a body that won't let you drink and a mind that won't let you not. Let's go over the easy one. Let's go over the, the top line easy one. Right? So you are a recovered heroin addict. I sure am. You liked putting a needle in your arm. Well, I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What took you out in the dirty cur when you were in Kerrville? <laughs> when I kept relapsing over and over Do you again? remember when you would have oh, a drink? I absolutely What was in the bottom of that bottle every time? So here's the thing. As a chronic drug addict, mm-hmm. that's the type I am. I have the allergy and the obsession. The trick that my mind would always play on me is, Heather, you hardly ever drank. I bet you could drink. Right. I bet... Drinking, you, you just got to stay away from drugs. Right, Heather. drugs are the problem. Drugs are the problem. Uh, and so every single one of my relapses began with the insane idea that I could drink. And so I would take a drink. I would drink more than I intended or switch substances to my DOC. Well, that, that speaker that we love in that 12-step fellowship, his name is Adam. And Adam always says, the problem is, is that I would go grab a bottle to drink, but at the bottom of the bottle was a rock. And he was talking about crack. Yeah, mine was a needle. Yours for was sure. a needle for heroin. And so I had to have that So repeated... this substance would lead you back to sure. your choice. And so a lot of people will get sober, air quotes, on a yeah. substance. And they think that substance is the one I got to stay away from. That's right. And that's not true. If you're chronic, you got to stay away from all of them. And we're going to talk about some of those today. A lot of alcohol. Alcoholics think that, well, I didn't smoke weed when I was drinking. And weed isn't addictive. It's not a big deal, bro. So they go you on what we call- probably still smoke weed. You just got to not drink. Right. And so they go on what we call the marijuana- what are they marijuana. The marijuana mm-hmm. maintenance program. Yeah. We'll see and, how. If you're, chronic, that won't, if you're chronic, that won't work for you. If because, you're not chronic, it will. So we're not talking to that person. Right. Because when I was, when, if I'm chronic, I will eventually end up smoking as much weed as alcohol that I drank so or I'll start drinking again. Here's what I noticed. Most drug addicts, chronic drug addicts, I'm going to keep saying chronic because that's the type we're talking about, but most chronic drug addicts, now, drug addicts relapse on alcohol. Because mm-hmm. that's where the brain goes. Most alcoholics relapse on prescription medications. Do you have any? <laughs> exactly. And so that's what I want to talk about. So it's problematic for two reasons, and we're going to specify these two reasons at the end of this episode. But I want you to know, if you're chronic, here's the two problems 
with this. Number mm-hmm. one, the substance will trigger your physical allergy. Right. It will it will trigger the phenomenon of craving. And we're going to talk more about that later. But okay. the, the other issue is that the substance also blocks your spiritual connectivity, which is the only hope that a chronic alcoholic has for lasting sobriety is spiritual connectivity. Mm-hmm. And so if you're taking something that blocks you off spiritually, which most narcotics do, you can't be drunk and spiritual. You can't be high on crack and close to God. And so if you're on a substance, it's going to trigger your allergy and take you back to more substances, and it's going to block you from spiritual connectivity. It's so those, like a slippery, slippery slope. It's it's just going to spell multiple relapses, multiple miseries. This is why people go back to treatment over and over and sober living. And, re, you know, I lived in a storage unit at the end. Like, this is why I kept going back because I had the idea that I could still drink. I just need to stay away from heroin. But It wasn't true. But here's the flip side of that. And maybe we talk about this later. I don't know if we talk about this now or later. But you and I, in sobriety, have had narcotics in our body. Yes. And when we did, it was a good reason, like surgery. <clears throat> I had a surgery and, and I, had I had to be on some heavy narcotics after surgery. Um, and we both had but to But we be, didn't relapse. We didn't relapse. They call it a free lapse as a joke. But here's the thing. You, both, you and I both experienced the physical allergy. Absolutely. We both experienced the phenomenon of craving. Yeah. But... We didn't hold the medication. Someone gave it to us for accountability. You held it the whole time. And, and you held mine when it yep. was me. And when it was done, we flushed it. We got rid of it, right? Yep. But I was counting the hours. I was looking at the clock. The allergy was triggered. I wanted more because I'm chronic. And so anytime you're chronic, whether it's alcohol or drugs, any physical ailment, mental or physical ailment that you may have, your chronic addiction supersedes that. It's got to take priority over the, the ailment that you think you have. So I think you were heading in a direction. I'm going to let you head that direction, but I want to circle back to this because what I want to talk about maybe near the end is the fact that people are relapsing on things that either they don't know, they, they should be cautious of, whatever, they're relapsing, yeah. but we didn't relapse. We didn't. I mean, I came out of surgery on some a wonderful product that I never had when I was <laughs> before I was sober called Delighted. It was delightedful. <laughs> Loved it. Um, And then I got sent home with like two pure liquid liquid bottles of liquid coating that was delightful. The allergy was triggered. You didn't relapse because, number one, you obtained the prescription under honest pretenses, not false pretenses. Right. Right? Someone held it for accountability. You took it exactly as prescribed. And when you were done with the, the necessary need of it, it was gone out of your life. And what didn't return for you was the mental obsession, the insane ah, idea. That's what I want to talk about. Do we want to talk about now if, or at the end? If you're spiritually connected, the insane idea doesn't return. If you're spiritually connected, you then have the ability to not go to the streets for it. <laughs> okay, so let's stop there and let's go into what we see happen all the time. I mean, you and I have seen this Someone new- I see it all the time. Someone newly sober has got to go get their wisdom teeth taken out. They're not through the steps. They're not connected to God yet. And so then they get Laura tabs or whatever it is. Yeah. Well, it triggers the allergy and then they don't have good accountability because they're not through the steps and they don't have spiritual connectivity. And so what returns? mental obsession. Yeah. And so then they go buy a bottle of wine a week later or they go back to the doctor or doctor shop or street shop or whatever they're doing and they don't realize that they were set up for failure from the beginning by not being spiritually fit going in. And there's that and I th- I would call that the the honest mistake. The Right. Because there's some people and we're going to talk about the the some people that sort of are in a spiritual malady. Mm-hmm. They're not right spiritually. Right. And so they're seeking comfort without even knowing it. But this is, you're talking about a person that's like, 
they just take a med they need. They come out of surgery, take a med. They're not cautious. They don't do all the things they need to do, and boom, they're they're physically like right. But I think under this, what we're talking about with this spiritual connectivity issue or spiritual malady, as our literature calls it, it that means illness. Malady means illness, and so when you're when you're spiritually sick. That sickness is going to manifest mentally and physically. You're going to think and feel and believe that you have mental health or physical health things that you don't really have, and it's all spiritual sickness that manifests. It goes back to the thing we bring up all the time. Um, I go through life discontented. I just can't find content. I can't find, so I try to buy it, eat it. Mm-hmm. porn it, whatever is going to give me some content for a moment, I try and do those things. And then, that, so what happens is, is that I'm now sober and the discontent is amplified. amplified. Right. When you're spiritually sick, your brain is always going to look for in a backdoor or an excuse to still put XYZ in your body. To seek that comfort, even though you may not even know you're seeking comfort. And so let's talk about some of them. One that we see all the time in the last five years is Kratom. Okay. What is Kratom? So Kratom is a natural Indonesian plant that, that's imported and sells in like leaf and powder form. It has op- natural opiate properties. People mm-hmm. over in other, these other you know South American, Central American countries, they'll chew on the leaves while they're working in the fields and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's um, legal. It's legal in some states. I think five have it outlawed, but it's e- legal. You can get it at head shops and you know places it's like that. It's legal here in Texas. And, and I see so many heroin addicts, or alcoholics even too, relapse on this idea that they can go do it because it's legal. Well, alcohol's legal too, <laughs> right? So yeah. just because it's legal does not mean, again, your chronic addiction supersedes the pain. All right. So uh, we will be right back and we'll talk a little bit more about these sneaky relapses. Recovery Radio. I like that music. Yeah. We're talking about sneaky relapses today and how people accidentally end up running their program of recovery and relapsing. And so we're talking about Kratom. Kratom. So Kratom is something you and I have seen a lot of people. What does it come in? Is it a pill? Is it a powder? Is it a powder, leaf? Powder, leaf. There's all sorts of different ways okay. you, to ingest it. Um, you eat it basically in different, or make a tea or a drink with it. Okay. Um, but the problem is, is it has natural opioid properties. And so. So it can mimic like it a, mimics an opiate. It, 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 the MUI receptors and okay. the antagonists, uh, whatever the brain stuff that, you know, yeah. it attaches to that and fills that. And so a lot of people try to go get on Kratom to get off of pain pills or heroin, which okay. is why I tried it 10 yep. years ago or whatever it was, is I tried it and, and it has very similar properties. The problem is I'm a chronic addict, so it triggers my allergy. I crave more. I want to eat all the Kratom and I have no hope of sobriety or connection to God while I'm on it. And it's not cheap. And eventually it's going to be cheaper just to go back to heroin. Yeah. Yeah. Easier. And, you know, anyways, it's a it's a much, it triggers the allergy. So I'm not going to be satisfied with Kratom alone unless I'm like empty in our whole bank account. And so Kratom is not okay for someone who's a chronic addict or alcoholic because it'll trigger the allergy and block a spiritual connectivity. Right. Another one we see all the time is anxiety medications. Right? Right. Anxiety medications are some people- Like uh, benzos? Benzos, yes. The What's prob- the other one? There's another one, Ativan? Is yeah, that well, one? it's a benzo. Okay. And so uh, within this benzo diazepine class, there's so many people that think they suffer sober, 
sober that think they suffer from an anxiety disorder. And I'm saying that for chronic alcoholics and addicts, that is the way the spiritual sickness manifests. And the problem is you can't really tell them that. You, you I mean, can. they are where they are. You can't, but the problem is is they believe they have it, so they go back to the doctor and they get the Xanax or whatever. Well, okay, blocking from you're blocked from a spiritual connection now, at this point. But I don't think that's black and white. Do you think there's some people that maybe have um, a chemical or mental disorder? Yes, but I think true dual diagnosis is actually really rare. Okay. It's taboo to say, hey, your whole problem is maybe spiritual. Yeah. Let, let's work all the steps and become spiritually fit and see what clears up. But for us that live in a 12-step world, that's exactly what happened to me. I had more than a decade sober. This is before heroin. Yeah. Going to the doctors, getting on all the medications for my mental health. And it turns out I didn't have any of that. Right. It mimicked it perfectly. It mimicked anxiety disorder. It, min it mimicked borderline personality disorder. It mimicked all these things. I even thought I had fibromyalgia because I believed I lived in chronic pain. Wait, did you get it cured? Well, it's gone. <laughs> Wow. I, I worked the 12 steps and all oh, of a sudden okay. uh, my mental and physical conditions straightened out. And that well, physical for sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying I don't deal with that anxiety or depression like I did for a decade. Switched it up for OCD. But that's what our literature promises us on page 64. Uh, when the spiritual malady is overcome, the mind and body follow. That's what happened to me and countless others. I'm not rare. There is a lot of people in the 12 step fellowship. And if, and if you're one of them, if you're listening, look, I'm, it is what it is. We're not talking bad about anybody, but there's a lot of people I'm, in the fellowship that instead of working the entire program and really being a open to a connection a to God, yeah, they just jump right and on something. I'm not something. talking about someone who has a true chemical imbalance that needs like an antidepressant or mood stabilizer or antipsychotic. Those are not narcotics. We're not talking about those things. If you're diagnosed right. with that, take that. Right. I'm talking We're about, not doctors. I'm talking We're not about, even smart. <laughs> speak for yourself. We're not even like intelligent. <laughs> I'm talking about benzos for anxiety. And what's, a, what's a couple of so them? So like, like Xanax, Xanax or Clonopin or yeah. Ativan. Okay, so if those I are the three that'll just like. If I encounter a girl that needs to work the twelve steps, I will not sponsor her if she takes those. Why? Because I know one, it'll trigger the physical allergy, and two, it'll block her from getting connected to God. So therefore, the steps will be completely ineffective for her. So you're saying eventually, instead of taking a couple of milligrams a day, she's going to double it, triple it, <sighs> it'll, quadruple it'll always, it. You'll yeah. all the tolerance issue, quote, air quotes, tolerance issue will always be in the mind of a benzo person or an opiate person. Well, because okay. it's not necessarily the tolerance issue. Yeah. It's the fact that the spiritual malady is growing. And now you need more because well, of goes, the allergy. It goes back to that allergy. That It's a reaction. It's okay. Um, for the layman out there, if I eat peanuts and I'm allergic to them, I'm going to break out in hives. My throat may swell, whatever. Right? That's the reaction. You're going to have an allergic reaction once it's put in your body. Okay. So Heather and I's allergic reaction to alcohol or drugs, or let's just be real easy on this. Heather and I's allergic reaction to anything that changes the way we feel is, the is that we want more of it. More, more, more. Craving. Which is why at one point in time I was 340 pounds, which is why, you know, I had a porn addiction and, at one time. And which this, is like, where, this is where the clinical and medical world don't mm -hmm. meet the spiritual and 12-step world because they use that word craving so differently. Yeah. Right? And it always bugs me. It's just a different use of it. It's not one's right and one's wrong. But, man, I want to help people understand that if you're chronic, doesn't matter if it's drugs or alcohol, you have to put the substance in your body first to then trigger the allergy, which is the craving. You cannot experience the craving if you're sober. And and I like I have to be careful with this. So um, I'm, I mean, I'm still a young guy, you know. <laughs> that wasn't a joke. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm, Where are you going with this? I'm 50. 
Yeah. Right. So I, I start getting some muscle pains and this and that. And everybody is like, CBD is the wonder thing. It, it's natural. It comes from nope. the plant. And the reason I stay away from it is because they cannot, they cannot extract all the THC. They can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I'm worried about, because, it, and, and here's the preface, is that I smoked weed from the time I woke up until the time I went to bed, basically for about 26 years. It will definitely trigger your allergy. I think it will, and mm-hmm. so I just stay away and from it. And here's the thing. I wasn't even a weed person. I've smoked it several times throughout my life, before sobriety, obviously, but uh, I never liked it. Heroin people aren't generally weed people. Which is weird, because they both bring you down, no, right? No, heroin people get up when heroin's a different thing. Anyways, okay. my point is, I forgot what my point is. My point is, is that if I smoked weed or ingested something with THC in it, even though I'm not a weed person, it will trigger my allergy. And I promise you within two to three days, I'm going to go find heroin if I'm not spiritually fit. And then I got to do the lockdown, Lockdown, the the 15 minute lockdown. So let's talk about Odul's and kombucha, right? Right. Because that, that's actually a good segue from CBD, right? Because Because you can't extract all of it. I stay away from it because I don't want my allergy, but then there's Odul's. But see, this is where... I really want to talk about Odul's for a minute because I think an alcoholic who is in recovery has no business, no business doing drinking. It. An, like, you know what you're doing at the, you don't really want the, to be the sober book warns at that point. This, The book warns us that we're, we should one, be on guard to look for us stealing vicarious pleasure from an atmosphere or a thing. Right. And so if I'm still romanticizing. Because nobody drank beer because it tastes good. If I'm still romanticizing and I got to drink an Odul's, you're looking to steal vicarious pleasure from drinking. You're not happy about your sobriety, which it, means you're already way spiritually off. What, what that means is that even though you may be physically sober, you're mentally, your alcoholism has, has jumped back and in control. And the kombucha thing is a thing too, right? It's a fermented drink that a lot of health nuts or healthy people... You can't call them health nuts, I well, don't think. I'm just saying in general, they know what I'm talking about if they've ever heard of kombucha. It like cleanses your body, cleanses your colon, it's fermented. It has some amount yeah. of alcohol in it. Do you find it funny that when people get sober, people who have literally abused their body... For 20 years. And I mean abused it. I mean abuse more than most people do in an entire lifetime. But they get sober and suddenly mm-hmm. they are worried about what they put in their body. That <laughs> makes me laugh. Yeah, it's, it's the weirdest thing. <laughs> they get sober I'm and suddenly. I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to exercise. I'm going to go to the, the gym. They're in the gym 17 times <laughs> Listen, a week. Listen, it's not bad if they want to go that route. But what, what I'm saying about kombucha, <laughs> there was a scenario. It's of- like you were literally shooting up with puddle and toilet water a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> now you're worried now about. Now you're worried about CrossFit and grain-free, you know, chips or whatever. Yeah. No, my thing about kombucha <laughs> is uh, I had a girl a couple years ago that I sponsored text me and say hey, she worked at like an esthetician office. Mm-hmm. And part of their health stuff is they offered this. And she texted me. She's an alcoholic that was sober. Yeah. And she texted me, hey, is this okay? And and I said, my response to her was, well, it's not okay for me. I can't mm-hmm. tell you if it's okay for you. Yeah. I can tell you that it's not okay for me because I know it'll trigger my physical allergy and potentially separate me from God, which is, spells disaster for me. Yeah. I said, on top of that, on top of that, you should really take a look at why you're in a spiritual place that you would be willing to trade your sobriety potentially for the idea that maybe you could drink kombucha. That's by definition the mental obsession. And doesn't kombucha taste like horse urine anyways? Why would no, anybody want to no drink idea. it? I have no idea. It's for fermented. Stuff, it's got to be gross. I'm, it's for health stuff, but I'm just saying, I'm just telling her for me, I know um, it's not right For By the way, to me. all of our kombucha drinkers out there, we mean no offense. <laughs> if, you're, if you're chronic, take a look at that. Why are you... <laughs> if you, you, if you want to drink that garbage, we fully co-sign it. But I mean, I, that's a good point to make though is the idea that 
<coughs> oh, you're <coughs> getting sorry. choked up over there. If I'm spiritually connected, yeah, then I have purpose, and I'm not discontented. I'm content in life. When is that going to so, happen? <laughs> shut up. I'm there now. Oh, okay. I just, can't, I just drank my water wrong. My point is, is <laughs> something's going really wrong with me spiritually. If I start having the idea, well, what if I could drink? Okay, and we we throw that word around a lot. So let's let's back <coughs> it up again because I want any listener who's not in the twelve step world want to understand when we say spiritually, we mean not in self reliance. You are relying on a power outside of you instead yeah. of on yourself. The book says that when these ideas come back, that you again have an alcoholic mind, meaning there's something the matter with your spiritual status. Yeah. So when you have these insane ideas, or you feel tempted, yeah. or all of that, you know, it's messing with you. Maybe I could drink. That's danger. That means your spiritual status is in jeopardy. Talking about yeah. sneaky relapses. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> Back to Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> We're talking about recovery and sneaky relapses. Sneaky, sneaky. That's right. So, um, we we finished talking about kombucha, kombucha, which is just stupid in itself. Why do I want to drink that? Uh, but anyways, um, we've talked about different ways that people will relapse, maybe in an unintentional, unintentional. Uh-huh. Yeah, unintentional. Now, there's some that are just intentional; they just can't handle it anymore, and they just go get but loaded. But that's not predominantly what I see. I, so, I, pre- I predominantly see people that have these mental obsession, these insane ideas, mm-hmm. sober, that give their brain a backdoor, a reason, an excuse to put XYZ in their body. They don't know that it blocks them from spiritual connectivity and that it triggers their physical allergy. So let's talk about a big one. And we're going to be cautious as we do this because we don't want Will to get sued. <laughs> we like Will. <laughs> Adderall. Yeah. Now, I am positive that Adderall has its place and its use, and I'm sure it works well. But pause. I want to make a point about that statement. I agree with you. I think that Kratom and anxiety meds and pain medication and CBD and Adderall and ADHD meds and cough and cold, they all have their place in normal society. They do not have a beneficial place in a chronic alcoholic or addict's world. Because the risk is not worth it. The risk is not worth it. Okay. So before I got sober, I was on Adderall for four or five years. Yeah. Uh, when I got sober, I went off of it. I was on also um, some anti-depression meds, whatever. I went off all of it. I just sort of, I wanted to clean up and then see what happened. If I really needed to go back on anything, I would. Right. But what we see a lot is I truly believe, now this is for me. I can't represent the public. I can represent me, right? This idiot on a microphone. And that is that I was told that I had ADD from a very young age. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's probably why I didn't finish school, why I had to get a good enough diploma, a GD. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's what I see and what happened with me is that alcoholism can be represented as attention deficit. Oh, sure. Because when I got sober, my brain couldn't stop racing. Yeah. I couldn't focus on anything. And, and any doctor, if I would have presented this, would have said, well, you have ADD. Yep. But what I had was alcoholism because it presents the same way. Pause. That's exactly what happened to me for the 10 years I was sober before opiates and drugs. I went to doctors, counselors, and I don't fault them. My symptoms, 
absolutely looked like chronic anxiety disorders, chronic depression disorders, and attention deficit disorders. That psychiatrist that I went to was just trying to treat the symptoms according yeah. to the DSM-5. I fault him not at all. I wasn't even drinking then. Yeah. There's no way the doctor would have said, hey, I think you have untreated alcoholism. Well, no, because if they even start leaning that way, you, we usually lie about it anyway. Right. I'm never going to... Anytime that I went to a doctor and my liver enzymes were literally like to the moon, they're like, hey, how much do you, uh, how much do you drink? I'm like... Ah, you know, a couple drinks a week, not a big deal. I'm saying... But I'm drinking a handle in two days. I wasn't drinking then, but what I'm saying is my spiritual sickness manifested looking like mental health conditions yeah. and physical health conditions. Yeah. And so I don't fault these doctors at all. I had no idea I was a budding chronic drug addict. So then what is the danger, in your opinion, of Adderall in sobriety? Again, well, it's not the about thing. the Adderall. It's about you're taking a methamphetamine, basically. So it's an amphetamine salt, number one. So uh, I did... I, I was prescribed Adderall and Vivant at different points. I mean, first of all, if you're sober and you're crushing them up and snorting I them, wasn't. there's a problem. Okay. I But I was all taking... Right. I, that Adderall was the first thing I abused. Yeah. And I couldn't even tell you why. Because What I do you mean did, abuse it? Like, were you I like took, screaming at it? Calling it like <laughs> took, racial slurs? What were you doing? I took more than prescribed okay. at times, okay. right? Because I felt like I needed it. Same thing would happen years later with opiates. I took more than prescribed because the doctor didn't understand my tolerance was high. I just needed it. Right. This oh, is the insanity. Did you do that on purpose? No, I really it believed the, it. It was your brain looking for the back door. It was my brain looking for the back door. Yeah. This is why chronics abuse these medications. Yep. Yep, and yep. so I can lump Adderall, Vyvanse, and even Sudafed and Claritin D, all right, into the same thing. Because I can, by the way, I didn't so, do meth. I was a... Um, I was more of a high class drunk myself. I would never use drugs like that, right? So I can use Sudafed. I can use Claritin. I can use. It doesn't all those. trigger your allergy, but right, I have. Because I never story. did meth. I don't even know what meth feels like. So I like. did a lot of meth in my day, and uh, what I know about Adderall is it says right on the bottle it's an amphetamine salt. It's very very similar to methamphetamine chemically. Yeah. And so if I go put meth in my body, or I go put Adderall in my body, my brain chemistry doesn't know. The freaking difference. Right. I will react the same. And I found this out in an extreme way for me. And I don't know if it's I'm just super allergic, but I cannot take Claritin D or Sudafed um, because it has pseudoephedrine in it. And they make meth out of pseudoephedrine. Okay. And so I did too much meth in my day and I was nine months sober, worked the steps, sponsoring other people in yeah. spiritual condition. And I had a sinus infection and I took a Sudafed or clarity, whatever it was, within 30 minutes, I felt like I was on day three coming off a meth binge and I panicked. I called my sponsor. I was like, I think I need to take more. Why do I feel like this? So if you were not spiritually fit at the time, do you think that would have ca could have caused a relapse? Absolutely would have. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely would have. And she said to me, now you know you're allergic. You can never safely use it in any form at all. And I think that rolls into, because Adderall is a medicine that's prescribed. And again, there are people that get a lot of benefit out of it. There's nothing wrong with it. But, but not chronics. Who depend <laughs> right. on spiritual connectivity to stay alive. But that rolls into another medicine that you and I have in the medicine cabinet that we take, but that could be dangerous for somebody who is not spiritually connected. And that's cold and cough. Yeah. I have taken a Tylenol PM. I have taken NyQuil. Mm -hmm. Like when we get sick, I'm not going to be sick and not treat it because I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. Right? But well, with we're, the caveat that we're spiritually fit going in. But we're cautious about it. Meaning, um, if I was to drink half a bottle of NyQuil and stay up <laughs> on purpose, now there's a problem, right? But if I go take it as the bottle says, and then I go and I just try to go to sleep because what it does its magic but, while you but sleep. I'm saying you're you. I don't do that. You'll notice I never take the Robitussin unless I'm super sick. 
And you don't want to be robo-tripping. I, I, here's the thing. That's always the delusion is that, well, I'm just going to take it as prescribed, so it's okay. These chronic alcoholics or drug addicts that listen to us might be thinking, well, I don't abuse my Adderall, so it's okay, or I don't abuse the Robitussin, so it's okay. And I'm saying everybody's different with what triggers the physical allergy. Mm-hmm. and so It we, all goes back to the physical allergy. It all goes allergy. back to the physical allergy and your spiritual connectivity. Yeah. You can safely take Robitussin when you're sick today. Because I don't take Robitussin. I prefer NyQuil. Whatever. Because you're spiritually fit. If yeah. you were not, who knows? If you were not, what would return is the I mental say obsession. That I appreciate you calling me spiritually fit. <laughs> I feel like we just had a moment where you you built me up. Now tear me down. <laughs> but here's the thing. I'm I'm more cautious about the you'll take Sudafed or Claritin D when your yeah, allergies are crazy and I won't. Because I never did meth, so it doesn't really I don't have a here's a weird the deal. Effect. My brain has no doesn't have a clue whether I went into our pantry and took one Sudafed or I went down to I forty five and took some methamphetamine. My my brain does not know the difference. And so I have to be like uber cautious. And so people, you know, we're, I'm a recovery coach at Matthew's Hope and people are always coming through the detox for certain things. And they'll be like, well, well, I'm here for alcohol, but I still need weed for my neuropathy. Or I'm here for opiates, but I still have this anxiety disorder and need Ativan. Or, and all, and so they just really don't want to get They fully don't know they need sober. to. Yeah. They're delusional. They yeah. don't know that they're going to have to. To go total abstinence, because only when you're totally abstinent can you work the steps and become spiritually fit. You're not going to become spiritually fit because you can't work the steps if you're not abstinent. And even in our book, at the end of chapter seven, it talks about some people choose to have alcohol in their homes. Maybe you are, maybe I'm an alcoholic and I'm married to a non-alcoholic. We have alcohol to get a girl drinking to take her to treatment. But that's not what We're I'm saying. We're neutral to no, it no. now. What I'm saying is, is that it talks about... Oh, um, it's, it's hating really, it as an institution. But it's just, a no, I think it's just really about you got to know you. Yeah. Right? So we have 12-step people get to get them to rehab. We got A lot of times they need to be drunk. It's That's a whole other episode. That's a whole other issue. Um, and so we'll go buy them alcohol. We'll help them get drunk so that they can get admitted. Um, we we are not, we can have alcohol around us, but there's yeah. somebody who's maybe new and somebody who can't. Right. And so this is really about knowing you, knowing where you are, being very aware of what you put in your body if you want to be sober. Right. Because really, we want to help the most people. So I had to go on my own repeated relapses and repeated stumbles to learn my truth is that I'm allergic to alcohol too. Yeah. And I have this insanity that precedes my alcohol drink. And so therefore, I'm a chronic alcoholic and I can never safely use it in any form at all for the rest of my life. And any form covers every form every we've form. talked about. There is no psychological or chemical or medical treatment that erases the allergy. You just can't. This is why people have drank on an abuse. And I still shot dope on the Vivitrol shot. Yep. I had to have a spiritual connection. Well, this has been a great show. It's been great. I enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show too. Please don't forget you can follow us on Facebook or call 844-263-4673 or visit mhdrp.org. And don't forget, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. Hashtag God though. <laughs>